What's up, everybody? Another uh, episode of Die on That Hill. Got a good friend in the house. And uh, before we get started, I just want to say thanks to everybody who's been listening. I cannot believe how many guys and girls are listening to this segment and enjoying it and giving me feedback. It's been uh, it's been really awesome. I really enjoyed this segment. I'm glad you guys are doing it, too. Um, if you want to be a guest on the show and you got a hill that you think would be great to die on on the show, get a hold of me at onestopguitarnumber1 at gmail.com or on any of the socials. And uh, I want to dedicate this episode to uh, to our good friend, Jen, who, who fought valiantly against cancer and passed away, unfortunately. So, Jen, this one's for you. We both love you to death. You were both in our lives for quite a bit of time, and we definitely miss you. Um, on the show today is my friend, Tony, Metal Tony. I got to call you <laughs> Metal Tony. He's in the house. And the coolest thing is, man, I have no idea what his hill is today. So I'm going to learn just like you guys are learning listening right now. What is your hill, my friend? All right, we're going to take a little bit of hike down uh, memory lane a little bit. I'm going to die on a hill that is, I think, that new metal was a lot more important than we all would like to admit that it was. Oh, boy. This is going to be a good... See, this is going to be a good one because I just watched Woodstock 99. Uh, uh, that's the reason I'm bringing it up is because there's we're seeing a resurgence of its popularity again. You know, a lot of debating online, a lot of documentaries coming out right now. So, well, it's that 20 year thing, man. And and what I don't know if a lot of people understand this is like it always seemed like there was that 20 year popularity thing. And and sometimes maybe it was a little bit later, sometimes a little bit sooner. But it always seemed like 20 years go by and something kind of gets listened to again. I mean, I remember, you know, in the 90s, like the whole disco thing was huge. Mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, the eighties coming back in the, in the two thousands. I mean, it's, it, it was due to come back and uh, come back. It did for sure. Um, this will be an interesting hill because I'm, I will, I will admit, I definitely listened to some new metal when I was younger. Um, yeah. You know what? Start off on it and let's, let's, let's get rolling right. and have a fun right. conversation. Let's, let's just, let's just dive in when we, um, so to get, my kind of where my brain is with this stuff because i you know started seeing the docs and everything it's really started to take a step back because you, i mean you know me i put a lot of that stuff i was like god this is garbage i can't <laughs> you know like so yep. it, it's really really surprising that i like once i sat down and started listening to some of this stuff again it's like okay wow all right so to get in my head you kind of have to look at new metal as a it's a period of time within the history of heavy music rather than defining yep. it by the bands yep. that were in it. So, cause it's like when, when we talk about proto metal, when we talk about the birth of heavy music, it's really easy to go back and think about the big ones, you know, the big bands that help Sabbath deep purple, you know, but rarely does, you know, like a Sir Lord Baltimore or a wicked lady get mentioned outside of like guys like you and I who really nerd out about it. Yep. But like looking at proto metal as a period of music that saw a huge transition and looking at those proto-metal years as a movement and and that transition of the way music sounded and was recorded, that kind of better explains the beginning of heavy music rather than sitting around and having five or six of us just argue about who threw down the first gallop on a low string. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so and I think you know, if you really think about it and you look at the past, you know, 25, 30, 40 years, I think new metal was probably the last big transition we saw in heavy music within recent history, taking the heavy sounding stuff from just a few hundred thousand of us buying Pantera CDs and Slayer CDs to really, really placing that heavy music in in the front seat in terms of popularity. And the big one is production for me. Production 
is the most attributable accolade of that. I'm, I'm placing it 97 to 2010 run for me. Oh, wow. So you're not going, oh, this would be interesting. Okay, cool. So you're not going, you're not going 94, 95. Mm. And I'll explain that. Oh, I'll explain okay. that in a second. Yeah. Okay. So, um, some of the albums of that time, yeah, they were kind of garbagey, dude. But the thing is, is no every genre, no matter what decade or what period of time that you want to discuss, hip hop, any of that stuff, there's always more duds than there are diamonds. That's why it's so easy to look back with a heavy critical hand is because, like you said, this is all cyclical. So you find one band and they pop off and then because it's a for-profit business, labels scramble. Sure. You know, Nirvana then it was everybody that sounded anything like them got signed huge sure. whatever um <clears throat> so it's really easy to look back and go yeah man that sucked but did the artist that wrote it recorded it performed it a million times in front of a million different fans did they suck at what they did or is it just because i didn't like it so that's where i had to like take a step back and be like oh i'm just being kind of a cringy little butt i i kind of like where you're going with this i i think i know where you're going with this but continue and so it's like no matter what you look at the production value of that time, you know, the producers of that time period, no matter the, whatever band they were forced with forced to work with, or they got to work with all those records always sounded so good, dude. Like yeah, very, very real, cool. real very, big, great, great snare tones for that time period. Very, mm -hmm. there was a lot of mid range in the guitars, but I mean, we're talking, I mean, obviously you're going to talk about Ross, who was mm -hmm. pretty much the king, I think, and of of that genre of music, you know, if you really think about it. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. You know, and you bring up a good point. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, let, let's take let's take the band that to me ages horrifically, that has the that are, are kind of popular again to a degree. Um, I, I think I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. I know who you're going to say. Limp Bizkit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the thing, right? You brought up a great point, and I think this is very hard because it, it's it's when you talk about a band, if a band sucks or not, right? You know, do they suck because you don't like the music, like you said, or do they suck because they're just not good? Mm -hmm. If you really look at Limp Bizkit, very talented band. I mean, I mean, Wes, Wes Borland's a monster. Bass player, great bass player. Drummer is drummer's great. Dude, I could do without the DJ stuff. And Fred Durst yeah, is just—he's sure. a—he's a business. He's a guy sure. that was just—I mean, unfortunately, I you know, hopefully Fred Durst doesn't hunt me down and kill me for this. Like, oh you know, god, I hope Fred Durst listens to this. That'd be great. I'd love to have Fred on. Um, yeah, right. But like, he's—he was just dude. Like, he was some punk ass fucking Florida kid that overnight became like holy shit i have to figure out either i get fucking taken a for a ride by these record labels and these producers and all this stuff or i have to do this myself oh, okay and, you ready for this yeah is he the first influencer i mean i That's i wouldn't crazy. i wouldn't put That's that past crazy him. crazy as that sounds you I mean, I mean? Could, you you watched you watched the Woodstock thing, right? Oh, of course I did. Yeah, that that one interview where it was like, yeah, dude, Fred knew us, man, the, with the backwards hat, and he told everybody to fuck off. Yeah, you know, like yep. I've had days like that. I mean, but it's like, yeah, probably. But was he? And I'll get to this in a little bit. Was he any more of an influencer than say Carson Daly was? See, I think I think Fred Durst was exactly what MTV wanted. Mm -hmm. the, oh i've got an mtv thing too you know because if you think look at it this way i i look at new metal started in 94 
for me, See, I don't, and I'll and I'll and I'll explain it to you. People. And I, I, I think, think that I think corn, I think corn, Deftones, Limp Biscuit, all in that like so. Corn's ninety four. Limp Biscuit didn't hit until ninety seven. Right, right, right. But like in that order, so it was like yeah. corn, Deftones, Limp Biscuit, right, and then like the Tap Roots and all the other bands or whatever. See, but I'm gonna, like, you don't gonna, think gonna, you okay? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go for it. So for me, like, so to get back to where I was at, like, um, you know, like. The producers really, really worked hard to get these albums to sound really good. Sure. So like 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 a band like Limp Biscuit or whatever, you know, like Ross Robinson had the first one and then the second one was Terry Day. So it's like you you can see like, like take corn for instance. Like I think hold on, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So right now, talking about new metal and it being a movement, for me, albums like Seven Dust, Second Record, Home. Like it's, that's just one of the most massive, okay, okay, heavy record. Do you consider that a new metal record? Absolutely, really, absolutely. What a great conversation well, we're having because I because here's the thing I I think new metal definitely has to do with it's where the popularity lies with heavy music because you think about Corn and Deftones and all that stuff they didn't hit really like there was a lot of heavy music listeners seeing those records and you mm-hmm. know raising an eyebrow with corn's first record and even the second record but like that first that first seven dust record that hit in 97 was like that's when i as a listener and even at, in my late teens i went whoa something's changing oh yeah yeah because this sounds this kind of has a, a, an allison changey vibe to it but it also is just heavy as shit see i'm surprised yeah. you don't start with corn though because i remember mm-hmm. hearing corn and all my buddies hearing corn and uh, me and moose were talking about this like he saw them at foundations when and they busted in the blind and he was just like these dudes are gonna be fucking huge mm-hmm. like he just see but that's the thing that. that's the difference between so like to jump ahead a little bit in my, my notes here it's like that's when you see you see the popularity of that band growing so you know like i agree i'll, I'll get I to this like so you, so you 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 do have bands as early as 94 but i i consider that more in the post grunge movement that's the labels being like where can we go with a little like let's play with heavy music a little bit let's see where we go so corn was getting a little popular deftones was getting a little popular raising against machine white zombie you had all those bands of that like kind of helping get the wheels turning but I look at those bands as a, a post-grunge movement, and they flourished during new metal because of the production and the popularity once it hit. So, like, you really had them kind of, it's like this weird time traveler thing almost. If you, it, it fucks my head, even this next sentence will, if both our heads explode, we apologize out there. It's going to be done. But it's, they those bands kind of like they molded what they were doing later in their career around the popular popular stuff that was happening 97 on while earlier in their career simultaneously molding the entire beginning of the transition of how it was sounding with their first few records uh, see i don't i don't disagree with you on that because i don't think for me i like later deftones more than earlier deftones even though i like earlier deftones and and i yeah. and i think the thing that you see with those bands those three i mentioned because like if we do the mountain rush more the big four or whatever the hell you want to call it mm, you know there's those too many th- those three have to be in that conversation mm-hmm. and then the fourth who knows who it would be honestly i don't really know but like you saw corn kind of turn into what corn turned into 
and you definitely saw the Deftones, kind of like the Deftones were that band that kind of shifted away from new metal, if See, you noticed. You know what I mean? You're forgetting the biggest one that's still crushing the game right now. What, what of new metal? Slipknot. They're giant, dude. But would giant. you consider them new metal, though? See, that's yeah, yeah. That's they what... hit, they hit, they hit their first records ninety nine. Yeah, but like, and I, I know you're talking about a time period, and I and I get that for sure. But it's like, it's funny because like I was, I'm a little bit older than you, not a lot, but it's like I remember when all that stuff came out, and I and I just I didn't have. I didn't have Seven Dust and I didn't have Slipknot in that new metal category, even though I know they, they I mean, I, Seven Dust, sure. I mean, okay, so then let me ask you this, because this is another cool conversation con- concerning this, because basically we can look back at this now, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've got 20-something years of, mm-hmm. you know, we're not 20-something, but close to 30. 20. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. 97, uh, that's... Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's definitely creeping up. Um, so, what do you consider new metal? Like, what are what what are the I consider what, what are the classifications of it? Be, like, like do you yeah, I, like no guitar solos? Like, mm-mm. you know, A new metal is chuggy. Like, what what do you consider it? To me, new metal is anything heavy that would have never been popular outside of that popularity that metal garnered in the late '90s. So anything that debuted between '94 and on, if okay. your career if your career hit in the late '90s, okay, okay, and then you flourished in the okay, years, okay, like 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 think Mach- about it, Machine Wood, Head, Machine Head, there, yeah, they they put out. I actually have this in my notes. So let me let me just pound this out real quick. So '97, yeah, '97. Yeah, let's go over some of the albums that came out. That you sure. And this is why I think this is where it really took hold. Sure, you know. And notice a lot of these don't sound like each other or anything. They're just heavy sure. music that sure. got popular because it was a huge huge movement 97 okay. saw limp biscuit hit for the first time you had seven dust uh-huh. cold chamber uh-huh. hate breed hit for the first time around the yeah, first but, hey, but hate, breed, hate breed's not new metal oh yeah they are dude yeah you know dude, oh my yeah. god yeah yeah they no are. way hate breed's yeah. new metal there's Inc- no fucking Inc- way Inc- okay. incubus drops incubus drops science this one's gonna mess mess with you metallica hits with reload proving they were paying attention to what the shit was going on the shift that was happening in 96 when they no totally up. disagree if you're going to do that Rom's, you have to say saint anger because saint well, Ang- no no because no saint, saint anger, anger is, is the, saint, i have a point on saint anger okay later. okay okay because it's like it's it that's new metal showed us like okay fuck it this is so wildly popular right now we can just get away with anything and metallica is just the biggest fucking band in the world period so they're like sure, let's sure. just try this so and, but it still sold more records than sure probably that coal chamber records. I will totally you know what dis- I mean. I will agree to disagree with you on that one because to me, Metallica has the midlife crisis during Saint Anger, and that's when they're trying to play catch because up. all these other bands exactly because all these other bands are just okay slapping so, them. So like System of a Down is considered a new metal band then for me. Yeah, I mean they're a little yeah. weird. They're like the. Uh, the Backstreet Boys kind of thing because they were just like hey let's get all these Armenian dudes together and then that was like a record label thing in my eyes you know because to this day all those dudes still had each other conversation dude we're gonna get a lot of people are gonna comment on this one all right all right so and then the the one non-American band that you really saw rise at that time was Rammstein too they hit there with their first big record yeah right sure sure um but then this is where you see a lot of the bands that have been around molding their sound and putting out terrible records like machine heads the burning red 
like when he started the, the rapping and all that stuff, it was really bad. Slayer's Diablo, Diablo and Musica. Yeah, you're not Fear Factory that. drops obsolete and Digimortal. Corn finally takes their final form and follow the leader, which is much poppier. It's much more yeah, polished. It's you're cleaner. Not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Because they had they had Steve Thompson and Toby Wright on the board for that record. You know what I mean? And then by '98, that production style, all that giantness of those records, really, really takes hold. And God damn it, boy, you better get ready because there's another 12 years of this shit about to happen. You know? You know what's interesting about? See, here's what's interesting about this conversation is that. I grew up in that time period era. Like mm-hmm. when I was playing in my band, playing the LA scene, we were playing with Incubus and System of a Down and Head PE and mm-hmm. all those bands. And to me, the definition of new metal was no guitar solos, mostly playing the top two strings, definitely groove mid range, um, turntables, maybe rap type of sounding, sure. Um, biggest influences is like that mold between the Chili Peppers and Faith No More type mm-hmm. of vibe. That's what I think of as new metal. So when I hear like like Seven Dust, I don't think new metal with Seven Dust, or oh. I don't think new metal with with like there's certain bands I just don't think new metal with. I just think of them. I think of it as kind of like I think new metal. You're gonna laugh at this. I think new metal had a shelf life from '94 to like 2002. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think of it as, and I think after that it's you you started going in different directions where metal started kind of breaking off into a bunch of little mm-hmm. things again because I, I I think it just got to the point where like any music style if it becomes so popular and it gets so saturated like it ends up dying a, a, a death and the funny thing mm-hmm. about it is if you look at all these styles of music would you ever think that I mean if you want to call it hammer or whatever eighties metal eighties rock would be popular than grunge considering supposedly grunge took out 80s metal it's like the weirdest like you know what well, I mean? it, like, it, the, the the thing for me is is it's and we talked about this earlier it's, it's cyclical it always is cyclical like sure. you have your proto you've got your proto metal and we're just talking heavy music right now sure sure so you got your proto and then after proto that's where you get your proggy stuff kind of moving in your thin lizzie's your iron maidens your shit like sure, that sure and then glam comes in and every so when prog comes in people well you've got a proto you got to remember, like, New Wave of British Heavy Metal was huge. And no, no, exactly. So that's where the, you start getting the speed, really heavy metal, shit. speed metal thrash. Yeah. Like, yeah. you start all these things start breaking off. And I think, I think metal had to go somewhere because if you trace it back, which I think is pretty interesting, like I call it the Black Album generation. Mm-hmm, Metallica mm-hmm. puts out the Black Album, then everybody in metal puts a Black Album out, mm-hmm. and then like. Metallica was the only one that could really kind of sustain it after that. They kind yeah, of yeah. made that decision to go, we're going this way. But if you notice, every other band that did that either went Just back went to right the metal back. roots yep. or yep. they crashed and burned, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there was there had to be some other way to go from there. And I think hip-hop was so huge in that time period, too. Well, just had, music and music, well, music in general. In general just, but but like giant. The, but you had a lot of kids listening to hip hop and listening to metal mm-hmm. and there was going to be like bring the noise was like because, you know, you could say Run DMC and 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 uh, Aerosmith, and, whatever. but well, I mean, Anthrax. And, but that's what I think that it stuff. was. I think it was Anthrax and, and, P, and Public Enemy, mm-hmm. I think was like and then Body Count. And then it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. those yeah. two things made like you could see it brewing. You just weren't we weren't smart enough to see it brewing. And then the next yeah. thing you know. You have corn, which is like heavy, down tune, hip hoppy, 
really interesting guitar tones, like the, the snare with the, the crack snare, you know, where it's just so mm-hmm. high pitched, like tinny, but like really cool sounding because no one was doing that. And you kind of have this like, okay, we have this new style of music, you know, which, mm-hmm. which is considered new metal. And, and I think it's interesting because as we go back and look at it, it it's, it's a very interesting genre of music because I think it's the music yeah. where most of the guitar players aren't good but the rhythm sections are amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it, yeah, like you said, like looking for what so I consider me, new metal. For what I consider, yeah, that's what you consider new metal. Yeah. For me, I look at metal, new metal specifically as like a transitional period for just heavy. So, like, take for instance, like music. We all listen to music. Sure. There's metal. Now, how many fucking subgenres of metal? Oh, Christ, there's so many. I don't even you know, know what the hell to call a band but, anymore. But but here's the thing. I say proto-metal. You know exactly 69 yeah. to 78. Yeah, totally, you know, totally. I say, I say right. glam. I say glam. You know the It's years. like 80, see years. 82 to 87, right, sure. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. say new wave. You know the years. Yeah, you know? 80, 81, 86, 87, 88 maybe. Yeah, totally. But I'm saying like right now in this conversation, but like 40 years from now, hopefully – we can get to a point where it's like I say new metal and you don't think Limp Bizkit, blah, blah, blah. You think, oh, you know, 2000, you know what I mean? Like there's years associated with See, it. Yeah, rather you know, than- and, and I kind of like that part of your hill for sure because there was a, a really huge shift. Like, I mean, it, I, I, dude, I will give a pro and a con on this for people listening. And I, and I talked about it in one of the other episodes is, you know, I became a guitar teacher. I just got lucky. Because mm-hmm. when I was teaching guitar, people didn't want to learn a bunch of hard guitar stuff. So it was easy for me to have confidence to teach it going, mm-hmm. I can teach people this. Like, I can do that. And then I just grew as a teacher as the years went on, right? Without that style of music, I don't become a guitar teacher. But at the same time, without that style of music, I'm not getting made fun of for playing guitar solos, which was weird as shit. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's crazy how much, it, it, as a guitar player, how I looked at new metal is it really just dumbed down guitar players for the most part. But I think that had a lot to do with the labels, like get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out, get them in, get them maybe, out. Maybe, you know? but but I think because I mean you look at you look at like Jim Root from Slipknot. Oh, he's a monster like player. Yeah, monster monster player. But I don't look at Slipknot as a new metal band. See, I mean, oh dude, they're like they're the card carrier for me. They're the biggest new metal band. See, this is cool because it's almost like a breakdown of a subgenre of like. What do you consider new metal compared to what do I consider new metal? Which I mm-hmm. think is really cool because I do think like there probably is two camps for this. Like if yeah. me and you both listen to a ton of music, but we can look at this objectively and go like when you said 97, I was like, I could hear the records like going, like 97, mm-hmm. like yeah. 94 is where this shit. I mean, really, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's because if and this is where you go to the the sales. Sure. Horn's first two records. Sure. When they hit, nothing. There's sure. there's barely any sales. Like it's it's like a machine head record that comes out. It's like it was sure. just like it was just another record that came out and like five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. Like yeah. yeah. Well, not even those numbers. Like, but new metal, that period of new metal when when metal started getting just heavy music in general just started getting so popular and so popular. There was a lot of these labels that were really manipulating that, 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 that war on boy bands. Sure. In the late nineties. Yeah, so you're you, not wrong with that. You, you got, you got a ton of like more like, you, you, so you, you start seeing rises of, of, of record labels like Roadrunner. Well, then you also see like Epic Warner and Universal just throwing 
insane amounts of money at these, these just anything that they can find that's heavy that can combat all this stuff because they know that there's a split in the music right now and heavy music's winning. So this is the first period of heavy music ever in the history of music. The stuff that we've been listening to, you've been around a little bit longer than me, sure. that you see success, insane success with debut records, right? Linkin yeah, Park's not, Hybrid you, Theory is oh, still the number one selling debut record of all time in the 21st century. It sold 27 million copies. Like you take Max Cavalera, who he was like, I thought Soulfly was going to fucking flop because I was right. not in Sepultura. And now because of the legwork that Roadrunner did for him, he's had a better and longer illustrious career with Soulfly than he ever had with Sepultura. Well, I mean, look at, <laughs> look at what Sepultura did with Roots. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It had that new metal sound. Exactly. So you it doesn't, I mean? so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise, like you were saying, like the root, huh? no pun intended the roots had been planted <laughs> you know like no you're you're not way, you're not right way, way before you know and like so then like you know they're really using that that the popularity of that boy band versus heavy music thing so they're they're, they're really trying to ensure these returns on these bands sure whether whether it's you know hip-hop fronted or catchy chorus driven or sloppy bass oriented you know, to get their investment back. And so some of these investments were coming back 10, 20, 30 fold because of the production they were putting behind these records to give them really crisp production. And they were sending droves of these bands on tours together. Giant well, stadium tours. Well, yeah. Think about, I mean, think about the breeding ground Ozfest was for these bands. So I, mean, I lit, that, did you're like, you're just following me on my, on my notes. I and we didn't even talk about this before. Like I literally, uh, literally signed on the zoom and I had no idea what his hill was. Yeah. So, so my next point is like just because how popular new metal made heavy music at the time, you had a lot of really, really, really heavy acts that got to ride that wave because heavy music was just so big because of new metal. Bands like Unearth, Darkest Hour, God forbid, and of course because of our little Revolver uh, uh, review we got on our Dirt Community record, you know we all love Kill Switch Engage. Right. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, they were one of the biggest and still one of the biggest, you know, and they all stood on that heavy, melodic, riffage, fast drumming paired with like pretty singing in the chorus and stuff, you know, and they didn't see as much success because, you know, the, the, you know, the labels that they were on didn't really have the money to go to the big, big producers, but they did succeed in really putting out some really, really solid records that landed them a huge fan base because of what new metal kind of opened the doors for them. You well, know, and then you see it dying. That's the other thing that was interesting to me was that's when you start seeing new metal kind of shift away. And then these bigger, heavier acts take over like Black Dahlia Murder ended up being a giant, giant act for metal because well, they were playing alongside a lot of those bands at Ozfests and stuff. Do you, you know? almost think, too, like it's like I almost can tie this back to Nirvana, which sounds crazy, but it's like. It's like that time period was just so 89 to 91, 92 was just such an interesting mm -hmm. time period because it really changed everything that was the way people thought it was for a while, right? And then you had to have the one band that kind of breaks the mold, right? And then it's like, oh, shit, like now everything's different. Everybody's wearing flannels, blah, 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 right? You know, um, shoegazers, right? Then you go into like, well, where does metal go from there, right? So you're making great points because then you go to new metal. But the thing that I always hated about new metal was I always thought it was a lot of it was just fucking stupid. You know what I mean? And it was just, well, and that's, that's, that's the, the thing that 
that is the unfortunate negative side of me doing this because it's going to be really funny. Anybody that listens to this is going to be like, "Oh, you like new metal, dude?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is it's fine. You can you can I'm I'm willing to debate anybody on this, and that's totally fine with me. It's like, yeah, dude, a lot of that stuff did suck, but like, look what happened. So this is why I consider like, like, like I'm glad you brought up the Nirvana thing. Is yeah, like it, it is all cyclical, and it's all it all comes down to the fact that no matter how much we love to create art on instruments it is a for-profit business and sure. a label a label will like when kurt when kurt died label scrambled what the fuck is next that's when you get your corn signed that's when you get that's when you get your death but i think that's signed. already brewing anyway though that the, the point i was making is is like you know being a metal dude back then like i was into metal but i also embraced seattle i was one of the few yeah, yeah, yeah. that did both of that you know but i also didn't lose my rock roots right mm -hmm. or like I, I i just liked music in general like i wasn't yeah, allowing yeah. mtv or other stuff to kind of tell me what i liked or what i didn't like but i think as you go along further it's like you can see between faith no more rage against the machine like early pantera you can kind of see like there needs to be something else in the heavier tool is another great example of like bands you kind of can't pigeonhole. Now, I'm maybe I'm going to get raked across the coals over this or maybe I'm not. I have no idea. But it's like a lot of the bands that you're mentioning, like the ones that I don't consider new metal per se, I think are intelligent lyrically. And I think maybe that's the big. That's probably where, yeah, you, you, you look you know at I new mean? metal. You look at new metal as like. Like Papa Roach, where do you put them? You know what's funny? Papa Roach, I'm going to get shit for this. I don't care. I really don't give a shit. I have COVID. Yeah. I'm not in a good mood. Um, <laughs> Papa Roach is the biggest fucking coattail fucking band on planet Earth. Like, I've never seen a band change their style so many fucking times in my life. Like, you you never you never know what the fuck that band's going to sound like. But, it's, but, but, but you know it's going to be something that's going to be, they're trying to, to coattail onto something that's huge, right? Would I consider them new metal? No, in the beginning, because I here's my problem, okay? And this is what's interesting for me is that there was a lot of bands that you really couldn't put into a style back then. And there was See, bands that didn't me. fit in to like that new metal category. For me, at least it was like, where's the DJ? Okay. There's no DJ. Like they're, they're <laughs> not tuned down to Q sharp. Okay. There's, there's not a crap load of mids. Okay. Like there's things you're hearing, like in Papa Roach where you're like, that doesn't sound like new metal to me. Just like seven dust didn't sound new metal to me either. But all um, those, all all that stuff is on. Like you look at new metal playlists, you look at new metal documentaries. But is it every, on there? But but yeah. is it on there because they don't know where to place them, and they were in that. Oh no, because they were new metal bands. They are new metal. Do you bands. really think? See, this is cool, yeah. man. I hope a yeah, lot. Of they people, are new metal bands. I hope Slip a lot of people do like listen to this and 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 give their two cents because, I mean, I was I was you know pretty young during that time period. I was like twenty nineteen, and I just. I remember being very confused on like where was everything going because we've been ingrained and this is why I hate the genre talk like it's gatekeeping essentially to me is what it is the genre talk is just so dumb to me he's like well because he does these gallops on this part and this part this is death metal and because he does it go he goes instead of ah, that's it's thrash metal or like because they're at B. It's interesting though, is, right? But this is this is D beat. I'm like, Jesus, can we just be is it just metal? Is it fucking metal? It's yeah. fucking metal. 
and that's why look, I think looking at new metal as a period of time rather than defining the band, yeah. defining it by the bands that are in it. Because there's a lot of bands that got so much success because of that that time period. And I, that's I where I'm like, I'm not going to disagree with you, man. Like, and I, I saw I saw it with metal, you know, like Dave Mustaine wearing flannels in '92, mm -hmm. yeah. like yeah. things where like you can see, well, like, I mean, Anthrax wearing all black instead of wearing all like the the bright colors they used to wear. Like you can well, see these. Max Max Cavalera alone changed the fucking oh long, long, long sleeve shirts and camo, camo cutoffs. Like, yeah, like dime, same thing, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. you can see the. You know, and like the other thing too about that is, is like culture is going to be culture, and it's like you well, can't yeah, expect yeah. just to dress like you're in 1991 all the way through 1999. Yeah. I mean, well, that and, that, and I think that's one of the main things too, like with with this discussion that I'm having is like I don't, I'm cutting the cultural aspects out of it. Sure, I'm looking strict at like what did this movement do for heavy music, and then and that's kind of like it's it is a very one sided way to look at it, but it's also like a lot of the a lot of stuff came out of there that is like pretty like like take for instance like we were talking about the Ozfest and a lot of these bands sure there were so many heavy bands that came out of that time that without the popularity that new metal had garnered in that late 90s early aught years would they have packed the seats at an Ozfest would Ozfest even have happened in such a large scale without your mud veins and your slip knots and your stuff well, like your, that. Well, your Ozfest was more like... It was geared towards, you know, heavier a, stuff. Yeah, but it was but like you minor got, league. It was like minor league at the same time. So, like, state stage, the first stage was your main acts that people knew mm -hmm. for the most part. And then stage two was, like, your farm teams. You yeah, exactly. And but your farm teams, up, though, too. But right? your farm teams started pulling out a lot more. Than the well, and then they started having to get go on to the stage one because yeah. some of those bands started blowing up mid tour to the point yeah. where it's like, yeah. I mean, let's put it this way: I saw Incubus at Ozfest, and they were on the main stage. Oh, dude! Like, so I saw the the, the year that I went. It was Mastodon, Black Dog Murder was on there. It was the Maiden and Sabbath one. I went to that Mud, one. Yep. Mudvayne played right before. Um, Maiden. Yeah, yeah, Mudvay was on the main stage when I saw them too. You know, and it's just like holy cow, dude! Like, so it's just like the popularity of that. So what you what, what you saw right, what you saw then was you had this really really cool camaraderie thing that was happening where you had a lot of these new metal acts that were just so fucking popular taking a, some of these big heavy acts on the road with them and vice versa. Like, I a friend of mine back east saw Lamb of God open. For Mudvayne now, Lamb of God's one of the biggest staples in American metal. Sure, you know, do I like him to this day? Mm, eh, I'm, sure. you know, it's whatever. But they're also another band that the first record hit and it sounded like garbage, and then they blew up because they were on tour with a new metal band. Yeah, and then that second record, all of a sudden, it was like, I was like, dude, that's like a hundred thousand dollar difference of like what they got, you know, just the sound alone. But then you, you had it vice versa, where like, you know, you take. You take the Extreme Steel Tour, Pantera and Slayer. Who do they have opening up? Static X and Scrape. You yeah. know, like so you had big bands taking yeah. new metal bands with them to, to get. And you have to wonder them. how much that's the label compared to the band. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, yeah, yeah. here's what's funny: sometimes it's the bands. Like when I saw Allison Chains open up for Van Halen, yeah, that happened because of Sammy Hagar. Sammy oh, Hagar thought Van Halen, uh, that Allison Chains was cool and wanted them to, to tour yeah. with them. I mean, there's well, a lot it's of like, those things that those things happen. You know, yeah. Well, like, like, the, like the sword, how 
Lars just thought they were the coolest shit. Yeah. 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 And and old sword is. For mm-hmm. sure. It really is. Cool yeah. yeah, absolutely. So um, you know it's funny, man. It's like your it's like your hill is morphing as we talk about this more. It's it's interesting because like there is a a, a definite it, oh, it's so difficult because in that time period as a guitar player looking back it's a really rough period for guitar if you think about it you know what i mean or it depends on how you look at it. like True. think think about it seven strings got huge where would Meshuggah sound be right now without corn's popularity of seven strings yeah you can thank steve Vai for that and no exactly literally you know? which is funny yeah. as hell because steve Vai puts out the first like commercial seven string mm-hmm. and, and then corn picks them up but they don't sell Mm-hmm. And that's why they get picked up. Like I remember, you could buy universes for three hundred bucks in stores oh, because they I wish I, I wish I would have got one of those, <laughs> dude. Think about it; they're like four grand now, mm-hmm. easily used, right? Yeah. Like those so, those ones. But yeah. like, so you you can see how that it, it's almost well, like give somebody something and then see what they create with it, right? Well, well, and well, exactly. Well, and then, but also like you saw a rise in the popularity of gear itself, right? Yeah. Orange, orange, sure. We're saying Jim Root. Fender endorsing Jim Root. Sure. You've got, you've got Dean, you've got Dean and Dean and um, ESP just slinging free fucking flying V's at, at Wayne static and static X. Like he had a sure, brand new sure. one every fucking night almost, you know? So it's like, and dude, we all, you worked at Maytan. Oh yeah. How many fucking metal zones flew off those fucking <laughs> or shelves? How many, or how many Schec- <laughs> how many Schecters did we sell? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, Schecter became like one of the new metal mm-hmm. guitars. If you think of it. so, yeah. here's here's what's interesting. Am I safe to say part of your hill is new metal actually saved metal compared to what people think actually new metal? Absolutely, metal? absolutely. Ooh, I, see, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. That's it. That, because think about it. Without new metal, what if what if the boy band thing had happened and it won? See, I don't would think, we? I don't think would the band we, thing matters because there's always. Gonna I know. Be I, I no. I think it, it it has to matter because of the manipulation that the labels and MTV and everybody use that, and that's why you had the popularity of heavy music. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, hard. But you always did though, because I mean, I grew up at a time period where there was Menudo and the Jackson Five and New Edition and shit like that. No, no, and exactly. I was still and, listening but, to metal. You know what I mean? But but you never, but you never, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't have Scotty Ann being like. Fuck Michael Jackson, dude. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And then putting Michael Jackson's face on a blow up doll and then beating it up on stage. And yeah, like no people, you know what I mean? Like there well, was like a legit war that was, you know, cause the boy bands sold to theirs. It was almost like they wanted, they were like, no, we can't let these two crowds like the other, instead of being like, why can't we have everybody buy the same shit? But, but and then everybody's but they rich as fuck. anyway, though. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. Roy yeah. Disc or an NSYNC disc back then, no matter mm-hmm. how well those. And look, let's be yeah. real. Like, there's there's monster session musicians on those records. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to talk about production quality? Like, all that all that stuff from Sweden, dude. Amazing. Everything's produced Amazing. very well. So it's one of those things yeah. you have to realize. Like, really, well, and that's you saw that until Napster. If you want to be honest, yeah, like no, basically, yeah, anything that was produced back then, whether it was hip hop, whether I mean hip hop, you want to talk about something being produced so much better? Think oh, about hip hop in the mid '80s to hip hop in the late '90s. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Oh mean, yeah, exactly. Metal exactly. was too. I mean, look what no, we'll see. Black that's why I think. Metal. Well, and exactly. So you had that, 
not so not then in, you had you know not in the way of like making metal yeah. better but production wise exactly that's yeah. where i'm at most of this hill has to do with the production like how you had so this is the first time ever that heavy music down tune guitars gnarly vocals or even hip-hop vocals whatever you want to call them got the production treatment that pop music traditionally got and yes. you didn't see that before yeah you didn't see you, you unless didn't you're see, huge i agree yeah yeah totally like agree. so that's that that's where we're one of the a- attributes comes from i'm gonna get a little a little a little personal here with this one yeah sure for me and, and one thing that i like to point out too is like no matter how much debating or anything like sometimes taking a step back and realizing that like no matter who we're debating about or whatever like these are still human people that did something mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that is it, that I got to give a nod to the new metal crowd and especially the artists themselves was just, it really truly seemed like they had each other's backs in that, in that time period. Like, you know, you, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. On there's that. a huge, amazing camaraderie that was gained from like, think about it, doing those huge tours, Ozfest arena shows at this really magical point in your life where they can all just kind of sit around and be like, holy shit, I can't believe we get to do this and we're doing it together. And they bonded over that, you know, like there's these huge bonds that came from that, that time period. And a perfect example that I can bring up, you know, on the side of this, this hill that we're hiking up at this point, when James Lynn Strait from Snot died, some of the biggest names in the game at that time came together and they did a tribute record. And a lot of people thought that that tribute record was like, oh, this is really sweet and this is really cute that they're doing it. But it was to fucking fulfill Snot's con- contractual agreement for a second record. Which is the record label was like, okay, he died. What the fuck now? We've paid you. You got to get a second yeah. record. Yeah. So a lot of those dudes came together and whether it was scripted and they did that that really beautiful video for Angel Sun, the one that had Lejean from mm-hmm. Seven Dust on it. Yep, I remember that. And then them sitting around the fire and all that stuff. And whether it was scripted or not, you see a lot of tears, a lot of hugs, and a lot of pain dealing with the loss of a friend. So whether or not you are a fan of new metal or not, like seeing something powerful like that, it's a really helpful reminder that all these musicians that you know were making up new metal at the time we're just really a giant group of friends that relied on each other during one of the craziest times. You're not, music. you're not wrong, man. I think that starts in Seattle and I think it just gets mm-hmm. stronger. And, mm-hmm. and that was the thing was in the eighties, there was a lot of competition. Ask anybody yeah. in the eighties, it was competition. Oh, yeah. Central. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's a great point. See, the cool thing is, man, people probably turned on to this, this, uh, this podcast in the beginning of this episode and was like, Am I really going to sit through a fucking new metal conversation with <laughs> about new metal and talking positively about it? But as you go along further and you can really look, here's the thing. The reason the reason why I want to do this, this, this show, this segment is because I wanted people to go back and listen more mm-hmm. than anything. And I wanted to have discussions and debates without yelling and screaming. And I didn't want to turn to ESPN or anything like that. I wanted people on the show that could debate me and I could still say to them because like I don't pick sides. I don't go. All right, yeah, you yeah. think this, I'm going to go against you. Like, I don't want to do that. I want you either to make me come up the hill with you or me just go, yeah, I still can't make it up that hill, but I respect what you're saying. And can you give me some points that at least make me think? Like the Def Leppard episode. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to agree with Finn on that. I'm never going to agree with Finn that later Def Leppard is better than early Def Leppard. There's well, I mean, no the way. Guy- the you guy know, only had one arm on the later one, so I'm joking. Are, I'm joking. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, man, like he made some good points, and you know what those points made me do? It made me Dang. go back and listen to Def Leppard, mm-hmm. like newer stuff that, that like Moot said. 
are you really a fan of a band if you don't listen to their new material, at least give it a chance? And in this day and yeah, age exactly. where everything is friggin' free, you know, or subscription based, you can listen to something and go, yeah, you know what? Not into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you don't mm-hmm. listen to it, he made such a great point because it's like if you don't listen to something that's from a band that you think that you're a fan of, you got to really question, are you a fan of that band? Or are you just a fan of that band's album or that little small time period? And I think that was a great point he made because it made me think more like, you know what? You're not wrong, bro. Like you're not well, wrong at all because I, and I'll be, and I'll be honest. Cause I, I love to be honest on the show is I'm guilty of that, you know? And, and he made me think more like I need to go and listen to some more records of bands that I, I've liked for long periods mm-hmm. of time. Cause I can listen and go, yeah, this is this. I don't like this. And that's my right. And that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Or I can go, you know what, man, there's like three bangers on this record that I never would have ever entertained if I didn't just take that time to listen, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it has a lot to do with when a person remembers falling in love with music. You know, like like you said, it's a it, it's it's a nostalgia thing that really totally. drives what 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 we like and what we talk about later down the road, you know. And like dude, the reason I brought this up as a hill to die on, you know, because I've been listening to him and I'm loving him and like I'm like, and the wife and I have been sitting around being like, well, you got to go on and talk about something. I was like, but me and Eric basically agree on everything. So like, it's hard to like, <laughs> it's hard to bring something. I was like, I don't want to bring an easy one out and him be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then it's like a 20 minute episode and everybody goes, well, that was just two buds talking about shit they like. Right, you right. Know? So I brought it up because, you know I mean, dude, it splits a room in half. You get, you get oh, friends absolutely. together that love heavy music and you bring up new metal it's heavy music's fucking cilantro dude either you love it or oh it fucking God, tastes so like soap that's you know what i mean that's a great analogy <laughs> dude from the cook yourself for the award cook yourself that's a great but analogy. here's but here's the deal with it like anyone that complains about it doesn't really have much to complain about other than like they just really don't like it because a lot of this stuff like you said, there was there was roots planted before, and it was shit was happening. Like a friend of mine's like, "Dude, keep rap out of my metal," and I'm like, "But you, you own, you own that Anthrax and Public Enemy track, right? Like what it like, you know? Or it's like somebody like you throw Limp Biscuit in my face because you fucking hate them or whatever. Not you personally, but just yeah, yeah. whoever. Like I'll show you Urban Dance Squad. You know how Run DMC and Aerosmith did their thing. Stuck Mojo, unless we forget, you know, Crazy Gets the Machine. I well, mean that whole record, either. that whole record, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. And, Judgment and, and Rock yeah, guys yeah. got together. Well, yeah. Well, that that was so big that Cypress Hill. I don't know if you remember this or not. Cypress Hill put a new metal record out. They went yeah. to they they, they Vanilla put it Ice and then, did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vanilla Ice. Did. I mean, Onyx. Onyx, the hip hop group. Yeah. We're friends. Right. We're we're friends with the dudes in Biohazard, and they yep. were like, they they were like, do we need to tap into that crowd during like that late '90s and early years? They wanted to use that popularity. And like other other guys I talk to, and it's mainly it's always a guys. Like most women are like, I don't want to debate fucking right, right, right. Because you're an asshole when you debate, and I don't want to fucking talk to you when you're being a dickhead, which I totally understand. But like a lot of some of my friends are like, dude, I don't fucking like keyboards. Keep that techno shit out of my metal. But it's like, dude, you like In Flames, and In Flames ended up being a huge influence on new metal. Same thing with Soil Work, and both of those bands have keyboards and electronic based elements to their sound and then if you go back even further ministry nice now who teeter that industrial oh, totally, kind of totally. fence post that we're doing that shit way before those 97. are other great examples by the way of 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 your you're playing the roots of new metal like, mm-hmm. like no, exactly all exactly. those you can see the soup being boiled mm-hmm. essentially it's just we weren't smart enough back then to see what 
the yeah. soup was going to well, turn out to. Well, and it's just it, you know, and you and Moots talked about it. It's it's just it's kind of a gatekeeping thing, especially when you bring up new metal with people that like really, 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 really like to gatekeep metal. You know, so speaking on gatekeeping, like looking at new metal instead as a like an actual genre itself. Like you know, you were pointing out earlier, like oh, I think it it you know you got to have a DJ and you you only play the two bottom strings. And right, 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 stuff, right. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that kills me with it because it's like. It, a, a gatekeeper will will look at you and go, "Oh, dude, heavy music was popular before that. We had we had you know we had Pantera charting in '94 with Far Beyond, and it's like, but then that same person can't turn around and come to terms with the fact that Damage Plan hit at the height of new metal, and they wrote songs that fit into new metal, and that Damage Plan's record is not that bad. It's one of you the best new metal records of that era. You know what's so funny about that that makes me laugh." is I was going to actually say to you about that with Pantera and Damage Plan where you could even hear hints of new metal mm-hmm. later on with those two bands. Yeah. Like you can, yeah, yeah. You can hear it. It's, it's... Well, I'll tell you what. I, like I, went, I went and I saw the Pantera and Slayer tour when, when they did the Extreme Steel tour. And then a few, like, few years later in that same arena, I saw System of Down, Slipknot, Rammstein, Mudvayne, somebody else in the Pledge of Allegiance tour. And dude, the crowd was triple yeah i believe it for that i totally know? believe it and it's you know and it's like i dude i think i think slipknot is like one of the like it's so funny you don't consider them a, a new metal band it's it's, it's that, that like it's mind-boggling to me I don't even, like I, you know like what? to me they're the fate like like to me it's really funny like i, I was talking to Ernest about this the other night Corey taylor to me it's so funny is like it's like this the the, the the kids that are teens right now they're like this gen he's the this generation's ozzy you like, know what? But but but, but you, without the reality, Loudwire. Are you listening, Loudwire? <laughs> so I can get a, a a little mention on your fucking website because you're all about Corey Taylor. Sorry. Continue. So so like Corey Taylor's basically Aussie, but for these kids right now, but without the the reality TV, he's got. Dude, you're not. So wrong. He's got social media, so we get to see this crap fucking Dude, play out in real time all the time. Wrong. But think about it, like you're not wrong, Aussie, Aussie. The whole point of that show was to watch his kids grow up in the business, which Corey Taylor's doing. Ozzy was a mouthpiece for heavy music because he used Ozfest to curate it. Corey Corey Taylor has not fest. He's curating it, and the thing is, is like Ozzy had a lot, a lot of bands on those Ozfest stages that just I hated. I didn't like them, you know. And but the thing is, is like, did they not deserve those spots because little old me didn't like them? Were their assets? Were their tickets sold? They did deserve that. Spot, you know, you know you what can, I mean. You know who you can thank though for that, right? <laughs> you can thank Jack Osborne. No, no, exactly. Yeah, because Jack Osborne was the guy that was putting a lot of those mm-hmm. new metal mm-hmm. bands or bands that he can, that he liked that yeah. you would consider new metal yeah. on those second stages. He was yeah. kind of like the talent scout, mm-hmm. which like Corey Taylor's son is doing right now. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's, man, it's crazy. and you're not. Look, here's the thing. So I'm on the hill with you, like stipulation wise, because. I think new metal starts in '94. You don't. You think it starts in '97. So it's well, like because I, I think I think that '94 to '97 period was a lot of scrambling to figure out what the fuck was going to happen for just heavy and music in general think, after after Nirvana. You know, no, I don't think you're wrong. Like at all. it's like we need to find somebody that has a different sound right now because grunge is like Kurt's gone. We need to fucking figure this out. You know, I think that has a lot to do with label label manipulation. Oh, it's well, and it's, and stuff like and it's, that, you know? here's the thing too. It's not just label manipulation. It's also just being in a 
product of your environment. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like a label can manipulate you, but you can also be manipulated just by your surroundings, not a label. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I well, mean? Well, it's like the joke about Fred Durst being an influencer. Like, I think MTV at at its core was the first face was the first social media for all of us. Oh, hands down. You know, the real like had world to in '92 mm-hmm. started that whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cross pollination of well, when also with new metal, you saw MTV2 hit because remember, like, they're yep. like, let's bring back Headbangers Ball, and then everybody was like, we need more of this, and they're like, fuck yep. it, let's do a whole different channel. And dude, it was so funny. The wife and I, in preparation for this, I listened to a ton of just new metal the past couple of weeks. Oh, that's amazing. Was she, and, was she about ready to rip your head off? No, we're like, <laughs> no, here's the thing is like, we listened to some of it, and we're like, this isn't like 20 years later, it's not that bad because here's the thing, like, a lot of that shit when it was going down you know when 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 hot topic was throwing together the sounds of the underground tour and all that shit a lot of us were like this none of this shit has staying power like this isn't going to stay if i hear cut my life into pieces one more fucking time on a fucking new metal list or anything it was on every single list i listened to but like yeah but that's the thing is you look at 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 the 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 success of artists that were in the height of new metal post new metal like right now in this day and age you know like i said while we were in it like it, none of that shit seemed like it had staying power but slipknot isn't slowing down at all they're the next metallica if metallica ever slows down slipknot will be the next metallica like, you're easy. i don't think you're wrong with that one you know? here's, here's another question I have Corn, uh, uh, okay go for it because uh, i'm curious about this because you got me thinking real quick so how much just like 80s hair metal how much do you think the ridiculousness of how people looked in the new metal era affected how the music was perceived because i can tell you right now i, mean, I don't ever need to see pants that are like that big <laughs> big on any human being ever they're again. making it or like the frosted tips please god no think about that though this this could be another cool die in the hill one of these days it's like how much does the stylistic stuff that doesn't hold up affect the music side of a genre well, I'll tell you this right now because one of the, and it was really funny. Dude, I swear, like, I don't know how you're doing it. I, is there a camera back here? Because you're just following right along with me with this stuff. Like, it, like, who is, like, j- right off the top, like, think of the most ridiculous one. Like, you saw him and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? West Borland, right? Yeah, but you know what the greatest thing about West Borland is? If you want to know my honest opinion about this. I think he started doing that because he was fucking embarrassed to be in Lip Biscuit. Well, no, he, he wanted to have outfits on to look so fucking ridiculous to actually where people didn't know what he looked mm-hmm. like in real life because of also how big that band was. I mean, or that's I could see that, but also he's 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 I think was more of a left brain member of that band and was like, hey, I'm not just gonna get up here and bounce around and play guitar. He's like, I've always wanted to like theatric, the- be theatrical it. and yeah. stuff. And here's the thing. Do you know who Danny Elfman picked, handpicked to be his guitar player for Cho- one of two guitar players for Coachella when he played live? Yeah, I know West both. Bowen. It was Wes Bowen and the other one. And, and Neil, Neil 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 yeah. 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 She's I, great, dude. I love her. Dude, they're both fantastic players. And I think that's yeah. the hardest thing is, is when you have a guy like Wes who is super talented and then he's put in a band like Limp Biscuit, he's not taken serious by the majority of people. Yeah. I think the musicians. But, but like, I think that that's, I think that's happened at you know in the height of it you know and that's what i was saying like the success post but it doesn't but it doesn't the problem is though is like it doesn't age like a fine wine 
No, 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 no. Well, and but but here's the thing: Does Limp Biscuit age well? I'm gonna tell you right now, it kind of does, dude. Like they just made a comeback. Their biggest fucking skin. I can't take them. I can't. Fred, no, 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 that's the thing. I just cannot. Oh oh, no, absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fred. You're probably a really nice guy, but you're you're such a fucking tool. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not gonna lie. Like the whole dad thing with the. I just oh no no it's it's all but that, serious like and I mean I get it I get the uh, concept and the idea behind all of it and stuff like that but when I watched the Woodstock '99 the one on Netflix mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the one you watched or if yeah, you watched yeah, both yeah. Them. I've watched I watched the HBO one and this one cringe city for me oh no like, absolutely but here's the city and it's really funny I'm going to show you this for no, if you can read it. It says if Woodstock '99 comes up, and then I took. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's amazing. Yeah. That's so, because here, here's the thing, and and you know, some of the listeners are gonna fucking wanna hang me for this, but I think that whole Woodstock '99 documentary was horseshit because they missed one of the biggest fucking points that that was. I mean, they they touched on it a little bit, but I feel like that's a whole other topic because it's a cultural aspect of what heavy music didn't have to do with any of the shit that went on at Woodstock. If you want, I can explain what I think happened at Woodstock very simply. White promoters, rich white people throwing an event in a predominantly white area, catering to a very white crowd and hoping white men of a certain age under certain influences would just behave themselves. But here's the thing. What have we learned about white men behaving themselves? They usually typically pick up some sort of semiotic semi-automatic weapon go into a public place and shoot a bunch of people and then surrender themselves or shoot themselves in the head i mean look what happened to die sure you know what but, i mean but like, i think that's more like okay look i this would be interesting this is going to be so this well, is, i mean i mean it's what it, i it's, have to say about woodstock 99 personally to me it's the greed more oh, than yeah. with skin color or anything like that to me it's the greed of people like not understanding there's a big fucking problem brewing this whole weekend mm-hmm. and i was telling a friend of mine who just finished it i said just wait until you get to sunday because you'll see how this whole thing would have just been another festival if sunday doesn't hit like mm-hmm. there's look you got to the point where four dollars for water was ridiculous back then then it was oh, and then they raised it and, and then they raised it, was, it each day the the porta potty situation was insane mm-hmm. the the lack of security was insane the heat was insane like there's such a a perfect storm of just it's a lot of privilege good well it's a lot of privilege privilege, but here's the thing though right how many people do you think just revolted because they had enough of the shit going on that weekend you know how many how many how many people do you think went there because they handpicked Limp Biscuit to be one of the headliners and then when Limp Biscuit played break stuff and people started breaking stuff, they went, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're breaking stuff." Oh, look, I'll be really honest with you. The Limp Biscuit thing was not good, but I think the Chili Peppers thing was bad. No, exactly. Well, think, and that's the thing. I think it's, the Chili Peppers I, thing is what really, really, basically blew the top off the pressure cooker. Like, but, but here's the don't thing: have the candles being passed out during the Chili Pepper set, where they get off the stage, come back on. Talk about being apocalypse now and then jump into fire by Jimi Hendrix. It's almost yeah. like you're just yeah. it's like here's here's the here's the kerosene, guys. Like it's yeah, yeah. And it's hard to blame a band or blame a whatever, but it's like No, exactly. Well, and I, and I think I think on a cultural level, it's just really fucking weak and stupid to be like, we're gonna blame the artist. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, because the artist is just doing their job. Well, you know and, I mean? and, and like, the artist isn't charging 12 bucks for water yeah. and the artist isn't charging this. Like, is any, like, is anybody talking about how like Jewel just did like her set, like she normally did that whole tour that she was on? Like, no, nobody's talking about that because nope. she didn't do anything memorable. Right. You know what I mean? They did memorable shit. Fred Durst doing the shit that he did on that fucking corn, dude, like corn. <sighs> Think Dude. about that, though. Like, think about that as musicians. And we played in bands together and we've like, can you imagine going out in front of the biggest crowd you've ever been? I would and somebody been like, and they'd be like, hey, Eric, Eric, let's cut the solo on that. Or like, let's cut the riff out of that because we want the crowd to be. There's no it. way I'm not doing any of that shit. I'm playing. You know what I mean? Show, like, but I'm also here's the thing, too, though, man. If I'm seeing stuff on fire, I'm seeing this and that. I, I'm talking to Mark because we all played in a band together and going, hey, mm-hmm. man. We might want to chill this out a bit because oh no, but you get get out of control. That it's that's that privilege thing, and you do see. I mean, unfortunately, you have seen a a few instances of that in in recent years. But most of the shows I've gone to, like when I went with Jimmy to go see the 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 beer metal festival last year in Philadelphia, um, forty seconds into Converge's second song, somebody hit the floor and they stopped, turned all the lights up. Everybody helped the EMTs get in. Like you have artists. That's one show in a room, probably air conditioned. No, exactly. Yeah. Compared to people on pavement at 150 degrees. Yeah. There's, you can see it's, do the artists have a responsibility? Yes. I think so to a degree Mm -hmm. if they can see what's going on. But those promoters that are acting like everything was fine. Oh, and to see that's obviously not fine. That's, that's, and then they're getting, and then they're getting called out by the press and they're like, no, everything's fine. that's just that's just that's rich greed privilege it's almost like it's almost like you know 20 why we gotta i mean and and, and like why the fuck wouldn't you want to burn the motherfucker down you know what i mean like it's you know man you put you put enough stress and duration on people man why you would expect everybody just to follow rules and order and just be like cool after they feel like there's no more water left. The water that we're supposed to be able to drink for free is mm-hmm. like infested. People are getting sick. Like, yeah. you know, this is what I, what I paid for. And then the yeah. whole, the whole think- thing of a rumored band coming on after the Chili Peppers too, that's not going to set the mood. Another thing too, man, is like, you know, we, that point in time, and you can still see this, there, there's, there was an excess. There was a lot of excess. Trying to push limits yeah. and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. right? When you're having bands play until 12 at night and then you're like, all right, now come on over and you're probably high and as a kite and, and party and rave until God knows how long. And have some of the biggest DJs in the world. It, like there's playing. no there's no downtime. Yeah. Which like I'll, I'll be honest, like if I was there and what I think was Limp Biscuit the last one on Saturday night? No, they weren't even close to the last one on Saturday night. Oh, no, it's, the sun was still up, right? Yeah. Or, so who? Oh, Bush was, wasn't it? No, Bush, Bush was. Bush was after. Bush was after corn, corn. Friday. On the, on a, yeah. So, I, so whatever. Say who was Saturday night, which should be interesting. Yeah. So, but they had they had Fat Boy Slim, and then, dude, I'll be honest. Like, if I was there, I'd be like, dude, I kind of like, I don't know what he looks like. I want to go check this out, you know. And then I'd get caught in the crowd, and well, and especially especially at the age you'd be going there. Oh yeah, dude. You know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Like that's another interesting thing, you know, um, like think about this. We're talking in our thirties and forties, mm-hmm. like we're talking different than we would talk in our mid teens to late teens. If that makes absolutely. sense. Yeah, we're not, absolutely. we're not, you know, we're not smart in terms of, uh, basically in terms of seeing situations. And I think that was the, that was the big problem of that 
that concept. And we went from that to that. And I actually have the Woodstock 99 set up right in front of me, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, not, nothing about that weekend. Made you know what? You know what else is interesting that they didn't talk about? There was multiple stages there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. Ready for this? Guess who played on the on the West stage at 7:55 on Friday Ooh. night? In sling, insane clown posse. Oh, and then well, for- you know what? You know what? I what we've seen insane clown posse <laughs> do the past, you know, since Trump and all that shit. They're kind of cool. <laughs> now, now ready <laughs> like, for this? Guess who? Guess who follows them? Joel. No, no, no. Who? <laughs> George Clinton. George Clinton. Oh, dude, I would have been at that stage. This is the weirdest. When you look at these stages, weirdest stage ever. Seven Dust played Sunday. Um, Seven Dust, Seven Dust, Ice Cube, Godsmack, Megadeth was the headliner Sunday, right? Okay, on the other stage. So the so the East stage. And you know what's really interesting? This is really interesting. You know what they didn't talk about in the documentary? What's up? So Limp Bizkit plays at 8 o'clock, okay? Unless Morissette plays before Limp Bizkit. Dave Matthews, Counting Crows. I mean, it's, it's ramping up, right? After Limp Bizkit, it's Rage Against the Machine and then Metallica. Neither one of them are mentioned on that Saturday. Well, it's probably because... It's probably because... Rage Against Machine and Metallica's lawyers were like, you mentioned this. Well, we'll, here, we'll make sure that never sees a fucking light of day. Here's another great one. Guess who went on after Jewel that you don't hear a single thing about? Who's that? Creed. <laughs> so Creed. I'm, I'm totally fine with never hearing anything Creed's about after Creed. Creed's after Jewel and then, and then the Chili Peppers. That's well, wow. There's some wow. really, it's really interesting. To, and it's funny to think that Kid Rock played at 1.15 p.m. on Saturday. Well, it's crazy to think that Kid Rock was popular at all. So, Yeah, well, you yeah. know, God knows. Well, hey, man, thanks for coming on the show. And, yeah. and honestly, your hill is super interesting. I'm sure we're going to get some, I think we'll get people going back and listening. I can't believe you're going to make me go back and listen to, to uh, new metal, but your the, the the stuff that you consider new metal like i can get behind like i think those first couple seven dust records before they all sound the same were freaking great i think home is yeah amazing. home is amazing yeah like, that's- that first one that first one's what marks the beginning of like really the the, the hold of new metal for me well so it, like it, that's a great i mean look that's a great record I, I I can't disagree with you on a lot of it because if you're if you're throwing some of those bands in there into that new metal thing, that's definitely some of the bands I can go back and listen to and be into and not. Mm-hmm. It for me it was the it was I, and this, we'll have to talk about this some other time. It's the stylistic part of that time period that just kills me. Because- like one of the one one of the bands that like I totally forgot that I really liked. And I had to like look up because one of their songs came on and like it's really weird. Like their popular one that's on a lot of the lists on Spotify isn't one of the ones I liked, but they had this other one. Do you remember the band Cold? That like the spider. Yeah, I do remember. Song? Yeah. Like that, that that song Stupid Girl. Like yeah. Maybe it's not on there because I'm I am i am late to the game. Maybe it got canceled because it's called Stupid Girl. And I'll do that. I'll I'll do my research on that before I like start saying I'm listening to that again. But like that band was considered a new metal band, but they're, it's almost like Chevelle and stuff like that. Like they they teeter on more on the like radio rock stuff for me, which so, is a whole another conversation because in that time period of what you're talking about, I think personally there's so much confusion 
mm-hmm. that it's that's why I like looking at it as the time period. And 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 that's where you're gonna get the most flack from this this discussion mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Because it's so hard to separate the time period compared to because there are look, as much as we don't want to gatekeep and just call metal metal, there are definitely you know, um, genres of metal. I mean, they're just, they just yeah. really are. You kind of have to have it, you know, but it's like you, you get into that murky water of, in my opinion, like 2001 to like 2004. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the, what the fuck is going on with music? Mm-hmm. Time I still period. think I, I still, I mean, to me, new metal went until 2010. That's when you started to see the really heavy shit move in. And then metal just, I mean, it was just so, so let me me throw this at you, though, and then we'll end this conversation because it's gone way too long. But in a really good way, though, I mean, (laughs) I always said, oh, we'll keep him a half an hour. And then it's just like if I'm talking to have a great conversation, never fucking last half an hour. Um, Mm -hmm. So you consider Invent Sevenfold new metal? When did they hit? Uh, About 2003. Yeah, definitely. See, I don't. Because yeah, I don't, I, def- I feel like they don't check any of those boxes at all, and this is where the conversation. Well, what are the boxes, and where, and who's well, to determining me, the boxes? Well, you know? Okay, to me, how many guitar solos do you hear in new metal? I mean, that, that I fucking I, record there's is quite... guitar solo Palooza. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there's no guitar solos like Seven Dust. I considered new metal, and there's there was no guitar solos in that early Seven Dust shit. Yeah, there is. I can oh. play it for you right now. Yeah, and yeah. the first the first two Seven Dust records. Yes, really? yes. Almost every song has has at least a little corp. Sometimes eight bars, sometimes sixteen bars. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and listen because I do not remember it's, any lead stuff. See, and that's the thing is because records because yeah. I'm not remembering correctly. Yeah, see, that's what's interesting too. It's I think you made a I think you made great points today, man, and I and I think your your hill is a very interesting hill. I can't go all the way up it on on that hill with you. But you can, you definitely put me up on farther on the hill than I thought I'd be tonight. Cool. Excellent. Talking about this, I really did, and I and I thought you brought up some really intelligent points that hopefully, like yet again, like we talked about in this conversation, people will go back and listen. Because if you go back and listen, to, to me, it's fair. Because if you're not going back and listening, and you're just kind of going off your memory, like I'm doing right now, right? Because I didn't prepare for this episode, obviously, right? It's like I can hear things and not hear things, right? But when I go back and listen. I, or even in my head, I can listen a bit and go, yeah, you know what? That was pretty good. And, and the bottom feeder bands kind of ruin any genre of music if you really do think yeah. about it. Like towards like I the said, end of that genre, like you can mm-hmm. hear the bands where you're like, this is just not. Or like just the the bands that you can tell were put together as gimmicky. Like no offense, yeah. to, no offense to Kitty, but like Kitty's first record is so gimmicky. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a bunch of girls in the band. Good for them. More power to girls. Nothing against girls mm-hmm. whatsoever. But it's like you can tell that band just wasn't good. You know, and did they get better? Yeah, they got better. But it's like you could tell there was all these just different like bands hopping on the bandwagon. But towards the end of it, it kind of dilutes the style. Look at all the hair bands. Look at all the grunge bands. Like, mm-hmm. every, and you see it break off, and then it kind of breaks into like a bunch of other different styles until something pops up. But I don't like. I said, man, you you brought up so many really good points today that I can't argue any of them with you really i mean other than when mm-hmm. it started for me like you know i i can i can argue that but other than that man every point you made is solid and it's definitely something that i think a lot of these people that listened hopefully will go back and listen to because you can do it for free like we talked about yeah. man you got spotify you got apple music you know 
you can go back and listen. You can do it in the comfort of your home. You don't have to be blasting it down the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can just listen and go, you know what? Those guys were right about that. Or you know what? Tony had a really a lot of good points about this or that. And you might find stuff that you revisit that you end up like listening to again. I know I could get back into seven deaths for sure. Oh, dude. I, I you know what's really funny? Go, or animosity and go. That's listen to that first listen to that first record. That first one's that's the one for me that's like that, that, that yeah. marks that self-title. And guess who produced it? Who? Mark Mendoza from Twisted Sister produced that. Get out of here, dude. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, all right, now that you know that, you're like, wait. Yeah. On there now, man? Yeah, you're making me think, man. That's great. And that's <laughs> what the show's about, dude. Hey, real but quick. But then Toby. Before, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead, real quick. But then Toby Wright picked him up on there, and then he's been their guy almost sure, like, sure. exclusively throughout. So sure. Um, promote yourself real quick before oh, I let you out of here. And thanks again for coming on to the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Uh I'm half of Tone Mark Sounds, just a little tiny uh, record label here out of Reno. We got some stuff coming up. Uh, the Saturday Night's Records out right now. The Seven Inch, you can pre-order it. We just got the vinyls in. Um, I'm in the band Kenawa, which we start in two days now. We're jumping in the studio for our next uh, full length. It's going to be called Broken Branches, so be on the lookout for that. Probably end of the year, early 2023. Um, I'm sitting here in the Great Divide Den doing this with Eric right now, and it's the little recording studio that I have built up. So um, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Great Divide Den. Um, if you're looking for me personally, Anthony Scott Collier Ashworth on any of the stuff. And that's about it. Yeah. Right, right on, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today and, and just having a nice, good conversation about music, man, which I think is always fun. And uh, hopefully some more people talk about that go back and listen to new metal as weird as that sentence came out of my mouth um i did not think i was going to say that today but <laughs> but you know what it, i i i respect the hell out of your hill dude and and i really respect your presentation of your hill today which i i think was awesome personally so be safe out there man and uh and i'll talk to you soon 